I'm Sarah Rose, and this is the Mind Body Academy podcast. I'm here to teach you how to create better health from the inside out. It's not brain surgery, and I promise you can do it too. What's good, my friends? How are you all doing today? I always love checking in with you. I hope you're loving on life and that life is loving you right back. Today, we are talking about love ability. Two words. We're talking about your ability to love, which people often confuse with their ability to be loved. I love love. Love is our essence. Of all the different emotions, love is one of the most elevated, powerful, healing emotions we can learn to generate for ourselves and towards other people. Most of us experience our emotions as if they just happen to us. But if you've been following along with this podcast, you know that emotions can be created on purpose by the way that we think. So the question is, love, how can we get better at experiencing more of it? Generating the feeling of love is an ability. It's a skill that all of us can learn. What gets in the way of us experiencing it are the conditions we place on it. Conditions are excuses we use not to love someone or to love ourselves. When you place a condition on your love, you are the one that experiences a limit to your love, never another person. Now, some of us have conditions on receiving love, usually because our own love for ourselves is conditional. We don't always talk about letting love in. We can be afraid of letting it in because we tell ourselves we can be hurt in some way. It can feel like a risk. But by avoiding the risk and walling off from the hurt, we also cut ourselves off from the experience of love. And quite often, we wall ourselves in with some hurt or longing, right, to be loved, to experience more love or joy. It's not like warm and fuzzy in there. It's more like dark and damp and full of cobwebs. So hear me when I say, walling off from love never protects. A fortress can seem like a stronghold, but it can just as easily become a prison. It's a false refuge. It's never not loving that protects us from getting hurt. When we love someone and we believe they hurt us, it's not loving them that hurt us. It's them not behaving in accordance with our expectations. That distinction is a very important one. I've had some people in my life tell me that love hurts, and I always tell them that that's never true. Love never hurts. It's the experience of disappointment or loss or the withholding of love that hurts. It's the absence of love that hurts. So naturally, it takes some trust to let down those walls. Trust of other people, and most importantly, trust of ourselves. But once we do, there's more and more space for love to exist in. That's the power in learning to make our love unconditional. And some people think that that would make them more vulnerable. But I think the opposite is true. That has definitely been my own experience. The more you practice love, the more resilient and the stronger you're going to be. Love is not weakness. Practicing removing the conditions you place on your love for other people lets you love yourself without condition. And let me be clear, 
This does not mean that you should lay yourself down like a doormat and let people feel welcome to do whatever they please and call that unconditional love. Love never invites mistreatment, and it never has to be earned. Love is something we're all inherently deserving of. We deserve to feel it and we deserve to receive it. Our lovability is always 100%, which does not mean that people's ability to love is always 100%. Someone's ability or inability to love is about them, not you. You do not have to prove that you are lovable in order to feel or receive love. Your ability to feel and receive love depends on your ability to be loving. And personally, something Byron Katie said that has really allowed me to stabilize in this awareness since I first heard her say it was something along the lines of everybody loves me. And if they don't know it yet, they're just confused. (laughs) I laughed the first time I heard her say it and it really stayed with me. It depersonalizes it so nicely, right? It's not about us. It's about them. How much someone loves you or doesn't love you isn't about you. It's about them. It's about their capacity to love you, not about how lovable you are. So what helps us trust that love is always available to us? The first step is to recognize where we step out of love and to notice where we get caught in judgment or reactivity. It's identifying why you are stepping back. Is it because you're chasing after things or searching for love where it can't be found? Love can always be found in our thoughts, but so many of us go looking for it in other people or in substitutes. We look for validation or for approval before we let ourselves feel that love. We let other people be the gatekeepers of how much love we let in. And when we're delegating that responsibility over, that can end up being totally disempowering. When we're in the grip of wanting somebody to think of us in a certain way so that we can feel love, we end up feeling excruciating pain instead. You might take a pause here and take the honest inventory. What is it that you're wanting in order to feel love? For some, it's a form of relationship. For others, it's that our bodies look or feel a certain way. Where do you get caught in that underlying sense of, if only, dot, 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 then I could feel love? What's the if only? Is it to accomplish more, to be more, to be different? Checking in in a very real and honest way with what that might be for you. And then taking a scan through your body just to become aware of what it's like for you when you're really wanting things to be different or for a person to approve of you in order to feel love. Notice that when you're wanting, it tends to produce the opposite of connecting behaviors and love. It makes you more separate. And you might ask yourself, what's my sense of myself when I'm wanting something? Do I like who I am being? Because it's the subtle and not so subtle ways we disconnect from ourselves that cuts us off from love. It's the grasping and self-aversion. Love is this thing that will always be without, 
if we don't look for it within. When we don't circle our attention inwards, we make ourselves less than. And it's the judgments we have of ourselves that become our barriers to feeling and receiving love. And you might sense how your life can organize itself around these judgments. Become aware of what it's like when judgment takes over. That's the real suffering. So how do we alleviate that suffering and let in love? By acknowledging that love is never something we experience at our own expense. Love is something we do for ourselves. It's not something that's done unto us or that we do for other people. It's 100% up to us. This requires us coming back into relationship with ourselves and letting go of that outer fixation. It's an exercise in deepening attention so you can poke holes in those judgments. That's what creates the porousness in our solid identities that lets love filter in, or maybe more aptly said, through. The challenge with this is facing our own aversion to our self-aversion. Let me expand on this. What I mean is that we hate, or maybe that's too strong of a word for some of us, but we don't like ourselves for our own judgments of ourselves. So that's the bind we get ourselves into. We're judging our judgments. And what this creates is this turning away from ourselves that prevents us from looking more deeply and investigating whether what we're believing is actually true and whether it's serving us. There's this underlying sense of, I feel bad about feeling bad, therefore I am bad. In order to eject ourselves from this catch-22, we need to learn to love the parts of ourselves that we're telling ourselves are harder and sometimes seemingly impossible to love. So practically, we're going to get into how we do this, but first I want to give you some insight as to why we get caught in this way. There's actually an evolutionary function to this feeling of personal badness. The need to belong is a deeply grooved mechanism of survival. So in order to avoid rejection from a group or from a mate, We have these drives for approval, validation that allow us to adjust our behaviors. It's the mechanism by which we keep ourselves in check, and it's often powered by a current of shame. So when negative emotions come up, we have a tendency not to like ourselves for them. There can be this painful sense of, I feel bad, therefore I am bad. There was a time in our evolution when this was adaptive for group cohesion and social bonding. But of course, today, when our survival isn't really at stake, although sometimes it can feel that way, the sense of something is wrong with me, which gets compounded by the brain's negativity bias and the chronic stress that so many of us can be under, that can end up making it maladaptive. It can cause us to shut down or to reject ourselves or other people ahead of time. And it can lead us to associate any form of negative emotion with the belief that I shouldn't be feeling this or something is wrong with me for feeling this. That's how we get caught because the shame or stress that served an evolutionary function now becomes the overriding sense of ourselves. We can become identified with it to varying degrees, of course. Depending on how secure our attachments are, these snap judgments of ourselves can translate out into concerns that can become our modus operandi. Our concern for how we're seen, our concern for being approved of, can 
override the concern we have for ourselves. That's why it's so easy to fall into forms of people-pleasing that we talk ourselves into believing are just us being loving or being nice, but that really end up depleting us of our own self-regard and self-respect. So how do we get ourselves out of this bind? How do we overcome our conditioning? The first thing to note is that it's gradual. We don't jump from self-judgment and insecurity to full-blown love and self-acceptance. Self-love is not something we force onto ourselves. It's something we ease ourselves into by becoming interested in ourselves. It's about learning to witness the judgments that we have of ourselves with some degree of detachment. And the turnkey to be able to do this is curiosity. That's what allows for some acknowledgement of what feels true while simultaneously poking holes at whether it actually is true. A question that I borrow from my mindfulness teacher, Tara Brock, that can help with this is, might this be real but not true? And another question I like to offer is, do I like who I'm being when I believe this thought? Curiosity is how we groove a pathway of kind attention. So we begin by noticing the judgments and allowing them to be there with some interest instead of aversion. The allowing is the beginning of love. Allowing deepens into acceptance, which flowers into fuller and fuller expressions of love. This is what allows us to step through the door of compassion and keep our hearts open. Thoughts that produce love do not always come to us naturally. We have to direct our minds to think them on purpose. When we're really hooked by self-aversion, it can help by beginning to soften the judgments with a reframe, like, I'm thinking the thought that, or sometimes I am. It just puts a little more space around it to look more deeply and intently at what's really beneath us. And then it's just a question of sitting with the inquiry and letting your brain go to work on coming up with answers to the question, what could I believe about myself or another person in order to feel more loving, even if there's still some judgment? Some people think that if they start practicing being more loving, they'll just get lazy and that that will interfere with their ability to accomplish what they want to accomplish. So many of them guzzle away their potential because they're relying on an unsustainable source of fuel to get things done. They're relying on things like self-criticism and chronic stress and pushing themselves from behind instead of compelling themselves forward. They think it's their high levels of stress that have allowed them to achieve what they have achieved. I see this day after day after day with the hundreds of clients I work with. It is emotionally exhausting. Too many people try to outwork the overwhelm of that. They don't set any boundaries. They try to take care of business or their other ambitions at their own expense. And it usually ends up getting in the way of getting what's most important to them. If you practice releasing the self-judgments and the stress of not taking care of yourself, I promise you that will leave you with so much more energy to get things done. There does not have to be a trade-off between valuing yourself or valuing your time. What you appreciate, appreciates. That's the truth of it. And at the deepest level, all of us just really want to be loved. So easy to forget this, yes? 
When people are mad at us or acting all kinds of crazy. When people reject us or leave us. Oh yes, those people still want to be loved. And loving them is always an option. Loving other people isn't for them. It's for you. You are the one who experiences your love, never the other person. There is almost no situation in which hatred helps, yet almost every situation is made better by love. And I recently had someone that I thought was the love of my life walk out of my life. I had a gut feeling that something was off when he wanted to talk, and while I waited for him, I placed my hand on my heart and I meditated. And this phrase kept coming through, I'm willing to stay in love. I'm willing to stay in love. And it was interesting because there wasn't a graspiness behind that statement. It wasn't rooted in the attachment to the relationship, but rather to a commitment to love, no matter what. It was just a pure desire to let him know my heart and to stay in that heart space in a very open way. At one point in our conversation, he said, you can hate me if you want to. And I said, I can't hate you. I love you. And yes, I was a mess of tears, but here's where that willingness to stay in the space of love really came into play. I could remind myself that my love for him was never dependent on what he did or didn't do, nor would it ever become dependent on whether he stayed or left. And I could really stay present to that. My love for him was total. Even if I don't love the choice he made to leave me, even if I don't love the way he's rationalizing, leaving me to himself, I can love him enough to honor what he believes he needs and love myself enough not to try to convince him to be false with me or with himself and stay. And that is true love. It's letting the other person be true to themselves and loving them, even if that means they leave. It's loving them no matter what for the sake of how it feels to love them. So loving the other person is always available to you, even if you don't love what they do or say. This is the most powerful stance you can take towards someone because it doesn't make you dependent on them and what they do or don't do for you to experience love. It makes you reliant on you. Most people only love someone if they do what they want them to do. And I want you to consider that that only hurts you. Withholding love from someone does not lead them to feel less love. It leads you to feel less love. Your love ability is not determined by how much they love you. It's determined by your willingness to love them and to love most especially yourself regardless of how much you think they love you. And I think that's the best news because that means that people don't have to change in order for us to love them and that we don't have to change in order for us to love ourselves more. We can feel love no matter what. Think about how your life might change if you felt more love on purpose in this way. If you made your experience of love dependent on Y-O-U, think about the impact of that on your relationships and particularly the one you have with yourself. Learning how to be more loving doesn't only benefit 
other people. It benefits you because it allows you to show up in such a different way. Sufi poet Rumi says that it's through love that all pain turns to medicine. In the deepest parts of ourselves, we all know this. We know that our ability to love is the muscle we need to exercise. And if you want to experience more love in your life, all you really have to do is love. That is all, my friends. And love is always one thought away. Sending you all my love. And hey, if you love what you're hearing here on the podcast, take a quick moment after the show to share it with someone you know or love. It goes a long way in helping people just like you find the podcast. And then there's so much more love to go around. Talk to you all again very soon. Kind of wish life came with a refresh button? Join the Genius Body Detox to start looking and feeling your best in as little as 30 days. Just click on the link in the show notes or visit thegeniusbody.com and let's start fresh today.